This is a download from the Wireless Theatre Company, Hamlet by William Shakespeare. Act 2, Scene 2. My honoured lord. My most dear lord. My excellent good friends. How dost thou, Guildenstern, Art Rosencrantz, good lads, how do ye both? As the indifferent children of the earth. Happy in that we are not over-happy. On fortune's cap we are not the very button. Uh, nor the soles of her shoe. Neither, my lord. Then you live about her waist, or in the middle of her favours. Oh, <laughs> faith, her privates we. <laughs> in the secret parts of fortune. Oh, most true, she is a... Strumpet. What's the news? None, my lord, but that the world's grown honest. Then is doomsday near. But your news is not true. Let me question more in particular. What have you, my good friends, deserved at the hands of fortune, that she sends you to prison hither? Prison, my lord. Denmark's a prison. Then is the world one. A goodly one, which there are many confines, wards and dungeons, Denmark being one of the worst. We think not so, my lord. Why then, tis none to you, for there is nothing, either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. And to me, it is a prison. Why then, your ambition makes it one. Tis too narrow for your mind. Oh, God. I could be bounded in a nutshell and count myself a king of infinite space, were it not that I have bad dreams. Which dreams indeed are ambition. For the very substance of the ambitious is merely the shadow of a dream. A dream itself is but a shadow. Truly, and I hold ambition of so airy and light a quality that it is but a shadow's shadow. Then are our beggars' bodies and our monarchs and outstretched heroes the beggars' shadows. Shall we to the court, for by my fay I cannot reason. We'll, we'll wait, wait upon, upon you. you. No such matter. I will not sort you with the rest of my servants. For to speak to you like an honest man, I am most dreadfully attended. But in the beaten way of friendship, what make you at Elsinore? To visit you, my lord. No other occasion. Beggar that I am, I am even poor in thanks. But I thank you. And sure, dear friends, my thanks are too dear a halfpenny. Were you not sent for? Is it your own inclining? Is it a free visitation? Come, deal justly with me, come. Come, they speak. What should we say, my lord? Why, anything but to the purpose. You were sent for, and there is a kind of confession in your looks which your modesties have not craft enough to colour. I know the good king and queen have sent for you. To what end, my lord? <clears throat> that you must teach me. For let me conjure you. By the rights of our fellowship, by the consonancy of our youth, by the obligation of our ever-preserved love, and by what more dear a better proposer could charge you with all, be even and direct with me, whether you were sent for or no. What say you? Nay, no, then I have an eye of you. If you love me, hold not off. My lord, we were sent for. <laughs> I will tell you why. So shall my anticipation prevent your discovery, and your secrecy to the king and queen malt no further. I have of late, but wherefore I know not, lost all my mirth, forgone all custom of exercises, and indeed it goes so heavily with my disposition that this goodly frame, the earth, seems to me a sterile promontory. This most... Excellent canopy, the air, look you, this. Brave, 
o'erhanging firmament, this majestical roof fretted with golden fire, why, it appears no other thing to me than a foul and pestilent congregation of vapours. What a piece of work is a man! How noble in reason! How infinite in faculty! In form and moving, how express and admirable! In action, how like an angel! In apprehension, how like a god! The beauty of the world! The paragon of animals! And yet to me, what is this? Quintessence of dust! Man delights not me. No, nor woman neither, though by your smiling you seem to say so. My lord, there was no such stuff in my thoughts. Why did you laugh then when I said man delights not me? To think, my lord, if you delight not in man, what Lenten entertainment the players shall receive from you. We coated them on the way, and hither are they coming, to offer you service. He that plays the king shall be welcome. His majesty shall have tribute of me. The adventurous knight shall use his foil and target. The lover shall not sigh gratis. The humorous man shall end his part in peace. The clown shall make those laugh whose lungs are tickled o'er the seer. And the lady shall say her mind freely, or the blank verse shall halt for it. What players are they? Even those that you would want to take delight in. The tragedians of the city. A chance is it they travel. Their residence, both in reputation and profit, was better both ways. I think their inhibition comes by the means of the late innovation. Do they hold the same estimation they did when I was in the city? Are they so followed? No, indeed are they not. How comes it? Do they grow rusty? Nay, their endeavour keeps in the wanted pace, but there is, sir, an airy of children, little Iases, that cry out on the top of question and are most tyrannically clapped for it. These are now the fashion, and so berattle the common stages, so they call them, that many wearing rapiers are afraid of goose-quills and dare scarce come hither. What are they, children? Who maintains them? How are they escotted? Will they pursue the quality no longer than they can sing? Will they not say afterwards if they should grow themselves to common players, as tis most like, if their means are no better? Their writers do them wrong, to make them exclaim against their own succession. Faith, there has been much to do on both sides and the nation holds it no sin to tar them to controversy. There was, for a while, no money bid for argument, unless the poet and the player went to cuffs in the question. It's possible. Oh, there has been much throwing about of brains. Do the boys carry it away? Aye, that they do, my lord. Hercules and his load, too. Huh. It is not very strange, for mine uncle is king of Denmark. And those that would make mows at him while my father live give twenty, forty, fifty, and hundred ducats apiece for his picture in little. It's glad there is something in this more than natural, if philosophy could find it out. There are the players. Gentlemen, you are welcome to Elsinore. Your hands, come then. The appurtenance of welcome is fashion and ceremony. Let me comply with you in this garb, lest my extent the players, which I tell you must show fairly outward, should more appear like entertainment than yours. You are welcome! But my uncle, father, and aunt, mother are deceived. In what, my dear lord? I am but mad north-northwest. When the wind is southerly, I know a hawk from a handsaw. Hamlet by William Shakespeare. Act 3, Scene 1. To be, or not to be, 
That is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them. To die. To sleep no more. And by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. Tis a consummation devoutly to be wished. To die. To sleep. To sleep perchance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause. There's the respect that makes calamity of so long life. For who would bear the whips and scorns of time, the oppressor's wrong, the proud man's contumely, the pangs of despised love, the law's delay, the insolence of office and the spurns that patient merit of the unworthy takes, when he himself might his quietus make with a bare bodkin. Who would fardels bear to grunt and sweat under a weary life? but that the dread of something after death, the undiscovered country from whose born no traveller returns, puzzles the will and makes us rather bear those ills we have than fly to others that we know not of. Thus, conscience does make cowards of us all. And thus the native hue of resolution is sicklied o'er with a pale cast of thought. And enterprises of great pith and moment, with this regard their currents turn awry and lose the name of action. Soft you now, the fair Ophelia. Nymph, in thy horizons be all my sins remembered. Good my lord. How does your honour for this many a day? I humbly thank you well, well, well. My lord, I have remembrances of yours that I have longed long to re-deliver. I pray you now receive them. No, not I. I never gave you aught. My honoured lord, you know right well you did, and with them words of so sweet breath composed as made the things more rich. Their perfume lost, take these again. For to the noble mind, rich gifts wax poor when givers prove unkind. There, my lord. <laughs> Are you honest? My lord. Are you fair? What means your lordship? That if you be honest and fair, your honesty should admit no discourse to your beauty. Could beauty, my lord, have better commerce than with honesty? Aye, truly. For the power of beauty will sooner transform honesty from what it is to a board than the force of honesty can translate beauty into his likeness. This was some time a paradox, but now the time gives it proof. I did love you once. Indeed, my lord, you made me believe so. You should not have believed me, for virtue cannot so inoculate our old stock, but we shall relish of it. I loved you not. I was the more deceived. Get thee to a nunnery. Why wouldst thou be a breeder of sinners? I am myself indifferent, honest. But yet I could accuse me of such things that it were better my mother had not borne me. 
I am very proud, revengeful, ambitious, with more offences at my beck than I have thoughts to put them in, imagination to give them shape, or time to act them in. What should such fellows as I do, crawling between earth and heaven? We are arrant knaves, all. Believe none of us. Go their ways to a nunnery. Where's your father? At home, my lord. Let the doors be shut upon him, that he may play the fool nowhere but in his own house. Farewell. Oh, help him, you sweet heavens. If thou dost marry, I'll give thee this plague for thy dowry. Be thou as chaste as ice, as pure as snow, thou shalt not escape calumny. Get thee to a nunnery, go, farewell. Or if thou will needs marry, marry a fool. For wise men know well enough what monsters you make of them. To a nunnery, go, and quickly too, farewell. Oh, heavenly powers, restore him. I've heard of your paintings too, well enough. God has given you one face, and you make yourselves another. You jig, you amble, and you lisp, and nickname God's creatures. And make your wantonness your ignorance. Go to, I'll no more on't. It hath made me mad. I say, we will have no more marriages. Those that are married already, all but one, shall live. The rest shall keep as they are. To a nunnery, go. Oh, what a noble mind is here o'erthrown. The courtiers, soldiers, scholars, eye, tongue, sword. The expectancy and rose of the fair state. The glass of fashion and the mould of form, the observed of all observers, quite, quite down. And I, of ladies most deject and wretched, that sucked the honey of his music vows, now see that noble and most sovereign reason, like sweet bells jangled out of tune and harsh, that unmatched form and feature of blown youth blasted with ecstasy oh woe is me to have seen what i have seen see what i see hamlet by william shakespeare act three scene four he will come straight look you lay home to him tell him his pranks have been too broad to bear with and that your grace hath screened and stood between much heat and him. I'll sconce me even here. Pray you, be round with him. Mother! 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 I'll warrant you, fear me not, withdraw, I hear him coming. Now, mother, what's the matter? Hamlet, thou hast thy father much offended. Mother, you have my father much offended. Oh, come, come, you answer with an idle tongue. Go, go, you question with a wicked tongue. Why? Now, Hamlet! What's the matter now? Have you forgot me? No, by the rude, not so. You are the queen, your husband's brother's wife. And would it were not so, you are my mother. Oh, nay then, I'll say to those to you that can speak. Come, come and sit you down, you shall not budge. Oh. You go not till I set you up a glass where you may see the inmost part of you. What wilt thou do? Thou wilt not murder me! Help! Help! Oh! What? Oh! Help! 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 How now, a rat? Dead for a ducket, dead! Oh, I am slain. Oh, me? What hast thou done? Nay, I know not. Is it the king? Oh, what a rash and bloody deed is this. A bloody deed almost as bad, good mother, as kill a king and marry with his brother. As kill a king? Aye, lady, twas my word. 
Thou wretched, rash, intruding fool, farewell. I took thee for thy better. Take thy fortune. Thou find'st to be too busy is some danger. Leave wringing of your hands, peace sit you down, and let me wring your heart, for so I shall. If it be made of penetrable stuff, if damned custom have not brassed it so, that it is proof and bulwark against sense. What have I done that thou darest wag thy tongue in noise so rude against me? Such an act that blurs the grace and blush of modesty, calls virtue hypocrite, takes off the rose from the fair forehead of an innocent love and sets a blister there, makes marriage vows as false as dicer's oaths. Oh, such a deed, as from the body of contraction plucks the very soul, and sweet religion makes a rhapsody of words. Heaven's face doth glow. Yea, this solidity and compound mass, with tristful visage as against the doom, is thought sick at the act. I mean, what act that roars so loud and thunders in the index? Look here, upon this picture, and on this, oh. the counterfeit presentment of two brothers. See, what a grace was seated on this brow, Hyperion's curls, the front of Jove himself, an eye like Mars to threaten and command, a station like the herald Mercury, new lighted on a heaven-kissing hill, a combination and a form indeed, where every god did seem to set his seal, to give the world assurance of a man. This was your husband. Look you now what follows. Here is your husband. <sighs> Like a mildewed ear, blasting his wholesome brother. Have you eyes? Could you on this fair mountain leave to feed and batten on this moor? Huh? Have you eyes? You cannot call it love, for at your age, the heyday in the blood is tame. It's humble and waits upon the judgment. And what judgment would step from this to this? Sense, sure you have, else could you not have motion? But sure that sense is apoplexed, for madness would not err, nor sense to ecstasy was ne'er so thralled, but it reserved some quantity of choice to serve in such a difference. What devil wast that thus had cousined you at hoodmond blind, eyes without feeling, feeling without sight, ears without hands or eyes, smelling sons all, or oh, but a sickly part of one true sense could not so mope, oh shame, where is thy blush? Rebellious hell, if thou canst mute in, in the matron's bones, to flaming youth let virtue be as wax, and melt in her own fire. Proclaim no shame when the compulsive ardour gives the charge, since frost itself as actively doth burn, and reason panders will. Oh, Hamlet, speak no more. Thou turnst mine eyes into my very soul, and there I see such black and grained spots as will not leave their tinct. Nay, but to live in the rank sweat of an inseamed bed, stewed in corruption, honeying and making love over the nasty sty. No, speak to me no more! These words like daggers enter in mine ears, no more, sweet Hamlet. A murderer and a villain, a slave that is not twentieth part the tithe of your precedent lord, a vice of kings, a cutpurse of the empire and the rule, that from a shelf the precious diadem stole and put it in his pocket. You're no more! A king of shreds and patches. <laughs> Save me and hover o'er me with your wings, you heavenly gods. What would your gracious figure? Alas, he's mad. Do you not come, your tardy son, to chide that lapsed in time and passion lets go by the important acting of your dread command? Oh, say. Do not forget 
This visitation is but to whet thy almost blunted purpose. But look, amazement on thy mother sits. Oh, step between her and her fighting soul. Conceit in weakest body's strongest works. Speak to her, Hamlet. How is it with you, lady? Alas, how is it with you? That you do bend your eye on vacancy, and with the incorporal air do hold discourse. Forth at your eyes your spirits wildly peep, and as the sleeping soldiers in the alarm, your bedded hair, like life in excrement, starts up and stands on end. O oh, gentle son, upon the heat and flame of thy distemper sprinkle cool patience. Whereon do you look? On him. On him, look here how pale he glares. His form and cause conjoined, preaching to stones would make them capable. Do not look upon me, lest with this piteous action you convert my stern effects, and what I have to do will want true colour, tears perchance for blood. Shh, shh, to whom do you speak this? Do you see nothing there? Nothing at all. Yet all that is, I see. Nor did you nothing here. No, nothing but ourselves. Oh, look you there. Look how it steals away. My father in his habit as he lived. Oh. Look where he goes, even now, out at the port. This the very coinage of your brain. This bodiless creation ecstasy is very cunning in. Ecstasy. My pulse as yours doth temperately keep time and makes as healthful music. It is not madness that I have uttered. Bring me to the test, and either matter will reword, which madness would gamble from. Mother, for love of grace, lay not that mattering unction to your soul, that not your trespass but my madness speaks. It will but skin and film the ulcerous place, whilst rank corruption, mining all within, infects unseen. Confess yourself to heaven. Repent what's past, avoid what is to come, and do not spread the compost on the weeds to make them ranker. Forgive me this my virtue, for in the fatness of these Percy times, virtue itself of vice must pardon beg, yea, curb and woo for leave to do him good. Oh, Hamlet, thou hast cleft my heart in twain. Oh, throw away the worser part of it, and live the purer with the other half. Oh. Good night. But go not to mine uncle's bed. Assume a virtue if you have it not. That monster custom, who all sense doth eat, of habit's devil is angel yet in this, that to the use of actions fair and good, he likewise gives a frock or livery that aptly is put on. Refrain tonight, and that shall lend a kind of easiness to the next abstinence, the next more easy, for use almost can change the stamp of nature, and either reign the devil or throw him out with wondrous potency. Once more good night, and when you are desirous to be blessed, I'll blessing beg of you. For this same Lord, I do repent that heaven hath pleased it so, to punish me with this and this with me, that I must be their scourge and minister. I will bestow him and will answer well the death I gave him. So again, good night. I must be cruel, only to be kind. 
Thus bad begins, and worse remains behind. One word more, good lady. What shall I do? Not this, by no means, that I bid you do. Let the bloat king tempt you again to bed. Pinch wanton on your cheek. Call you his mouse. And let him for a pair of reachy kisses, or paddling in your neck with his damned fingers, make you to ravel all this matter out, that I essentially am not in madness, but mad in craft. T'were good you let him know, for who that's but a queen fair, sober, Wise would from a paddock, from a bat, a jib, such dear concernings hide. Who would do so? No, in despite of sense and secrecy, unpeg the basket on the house's top. Let the birds fly, and like the famous ape to try conclusions in the basket creep, and break your own neck down. Be thou assured. If words be made of breath and breath of life, I have no life to breathe what thou hast said to me. I must to England, you know that. Alack, I had forgot. Tis so concluded on. There's letters sealed, and my two schoolfellows, whom I will trust as I will adders fanged, they bear the mandate. They must sweep my way and marshal me to knavery, <laughs> let it work, for tis the sport to have the engineer hoist with his own petard, and shall go hard, but I will delve one yard below their mines, and blow them at the moon. Oh, tis most sweet, when in one line two crafts directly meet. This man shall set me packing. I'll lug the guts into the neighbour room. Mother, good night. Indeed, this counsellor is now most still, most secret, and most grave, who was in life a foolish, prating knave. Come, sir, to draw toward an end with you. Good night, mother. You have been listening to Hamlet by William Shakespeare with Edward Harrison as Hamlet, Siri Steinmo as Gertrude, Dominic Casanova as Rosencrantz and Polonius, Fionn Jolly as Ophelia, and David Beck as Ghost. Produced and directed by David Beck. Engineered by Carlos Ziccarelli. Edited by Gary Abbott at Audio Mill. Visit wirelesstheatre.co.uk for more audio downloads.